I'm Meg Dahl, your Unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. And welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. So I'm going to keep this a little quick this week, this intro, because you probably noticed this week's episode is longer than an hour. It's so good, though. We just kept going and going. There's so much information in this episode with Amber Jackson. Amber Jackson is actually one of the women that I have been working with personally over the past couple of years. So when I first started using essential oils and integrating them into my business and then launching my own essential oils business, Amber Jackson joined me because she's also a holistic practitioner and wanted to not only integrate essential oils into her own life, but also educate other women on how to use them within their lives as well. So Amber has become quite an expert on essential oils, especially in regards to using essential oils for pregnancy, postpartum, babies, newborns, toddlers, children, all the things related. So that is exactly what we talk about in today's episode, essential oils for pregnancy, new moms, babies, all of those things. And I am so excited for you to tune in because I've been getting a lot of questions about this topic. And as I mentioned in the show, I love educating you on essential oils and how to use them, even how to use them during pregnancy and on your little ones. But I thought, why not bring on a guest to chat about it with me who has firsthand experience? So if you love today's episode and you want to start using essential oils in your own life, feel free to shoot me an email at megtherhn at gmail.com or just head over to my website, megtherhn.com. You'll see some options to learn more about essential oils there. I have a free essential oils cheat sheet for you to download. But if you are ready to actually start using essential oils in your own life, go to megtherhn.com com slash nourished and free and you will learn all about my nourished and free community how you and I can work together how I can support you in using oils 
and all of that good stuff. So just let me know if you have any questions, but you are going to love this episode. So let's welcome Amber to the show. Hey, Amber, I'm so happy to have you on the show with me today. Hi, thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you. Yeah. So our listeners obviously know we will be focusing on essential oils for literally everything from pregnancy to giving birth and actually having a child. But before we actually get started and dive into everything that we are going to talk about and address, can you introduce yourself to everyone? Yes, I would love to. So my name is Amber Jackson. I am first and foremost a wife and mama to my little guy, Conrad. He turns two in March, and I'm currently pregnant right now with my second, who will be joining us in May. So I am very excited uh, to be here today talking to you all about pregnancy, birth, babies, kids, because it is the season of life that I am in right now. I am also a leader on the Nourish and Free team. I am a premier leader and I have been working with Meg for the past two years now. And it has been such a blessing to my life, both my friendship with Meg, but also just the oils in general have really been a blessing to have as a resource and a tool. So I'm excited to share what I've learned over these past few years with you all because I'm right there in the trenches and the blessing that <laughs> that motherhood is. Well, yeah, I thought there would be like no one more perfect than to join me on the show than you because you have a son already who I love Conrad. I've met him and we've spent a lot of time together. And by the way, Amber lives in California. So it's not like we're local, but I did have the pleasure of spending a lot of time with her back in the fall. Her and I took a long road trip from California to Salt Lake City, Utah. So we had lots of time together. And I also just loved watching you mother Conrad. And I was also with you, I guess I should just say, when you found out you were pregnant for the second time. Yes. Like, I think Meg knew, Meg was like the second person to know after telling my husband, because the weekend of convention, I found out that I was pregnant. And so it was definitely an exciting kind of whirlwind time and a, a little bit of a a surprise but it was so exciting to have have you there and be like one of the first people that I shared that with yeah so I am particularly excited for this little one to arrive 
And I'm just really excited for everyone to learn from you today. So I know you'll be able to share a lot with us from your current pregnancy. But before we actually like dive into pregnancy and birth and everything related, can you share with us kind of how you first got using oils to start with, like how you started to use oils in the first place? Yes, of course. So I, uh, I am a certified holistic nutrition coach. And so holistic nutrition and really just a, living a holistic lifestyle has always been something that was important to me. And when I found out that I was first pregnant uh, with Conrad, that was when I started looking for some more natural ways to handle healthcare in general, uh, both for myself while I was pregnant because I really just didn't feel comfortable even taking like Tylenol or Advil or anything. Uh, I was with your first pregnancy, especially. Uh, I'm sure there's some moms out there that can identify. You're just really, really cautious about everything. So. I wanted to find a natural way to deal with the different things that I was going through in pregnancy, but also educate myself enough uh, specifically on essential oils and how to use them on myself while I was pregnant, but also on my new baby that was going to be on the way. So I did lots of research. I tend to be a researcher (laughs) Uh, and I came upon lots of different essential oil companies. And after all of my research, I found that doTERRA was the company that I trusted the most. I trusted their quality, the purity of the oils, and the fact that they were therapeutic grade. I felt safe using them on myself, but I also felt safe using them going into having a baby and and using them on my child as well. So that really spoke volumes to me that I would rely enough on the company's quality standards to use them during big, big times in my life. When you're pregnant, um, you want a company that you can trust. And doTERRA was that for me. So that was really how I came to find doTERRA and have been really impressed since then, both in the quality of the product, but just in how they've changed the way that I deal with my family's health, both for myself, my husband, and our little guy. Yeah, and I'm so happy that you did bring that up because just we're talking about a really important topic today, pregnancy, birth, and taking care of our families. So I'm really happy that you did bring up the fact that when you and I talk about essential oils, we are talking about doTERRA essential oils, and that's what you and I work to do, we educate others on doTERRA essential oils specifically. So if anyone's wondering what we personally use within our own lives, that is the essential oil brand and company that we truly believe in and that we use within our own lives and recommend to others as well. 
So when you reached out to me, I know you were pregnant at the time a couple years ago with Conrad. And I would love for you to get us started with using essential oils throughout pregnancy. Like how does one even begin? Are there certain essential oils that maybe we shouldn't be using throughout pregnancy? Let's talk about that. Yes. So pregnancy comes with all kinds of new and exciting exciting symptoms that we experience. For everyone, it's very different. So I'm going to speak first into the different things that I experienced and the oils that I used for those things, because they're very common things like morning sickness um, and those types of things. So I'll, I'll get into that. As far as oils that we want to be sure to avoid during pregnancy, I would say that the top oils that I stayed away from, really kind of the top two, uh, first and foremost, one was clary sage. Um, Clary sage is a beautiful oil that is great for hormones. I mean, I I know, Meg, this is one of your faves, right? (laughs) Clary sage is one of Meg's favorite oils, and I know that it's just during pregnancy, um, it can cause uh, contractions and we obviously don't want that happening especially when you're in the first trimester Um, but throughout your pregnancy clary sage just because it does work so closely with the hormones uh, is one that you want to be steering away from I will say that clary sage can be used when you are already starting to go into labor to help your contractions along So that's something to keep in mind. Clary sage isn't just like always and forever. Stay away if you're pregnant or with babies or anything. It's just uh, the time and place. So first and second trimester and really even most of your third trimester, clary sage is going to be one that you want to stay away from. Um, The other oil that I, it's, it's kind of a controversial oil. It's one oil that I feel like people bring up so often. And for those of you who are researchers like me, you've probably seen people saying to stay far away from peppermint oil while you're pregnant. Uh, I will say that during my first trimester, in my pregnancy with my first, I did use peppermint to help with my nausea. Uh, as my nausea was really bad in the beginning. Um, Really, one of the main reasons why they say peppermint is one to be more cautious of when you're pregnant is due to milk supply. Uh, For me, in kind of, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, like first trimester, I'm not producing milk at this point. My body's going to be working towards that. And I did not, while I was breastfeeding Conrad, use peppermint heavily. But again, there's a time and a place. So during the first trimester, I did use peppermint to help with nausea and upset stomach. But it is one that a little bit further along in your pregnancy um, that you can avoid because it can reduce your milk supply. Um, So really for me, those were the top two that I stayed away from. Uh, I'm trying to think most of the other oils 
the hot oils such as uh, oregano, ones that are really, really strong. I just generally wasn't drawn to those oils while I was pregnant um, because they are hot oils. And uh, so I, I just tended to stay stick towards the more calming, soothing, generally nurturing type of oils, um, which I'll, I'll get into specifically what those are. But just wanted to cover the ones that I stayed away from uh, in my own pregnancy and the ones that kind of, if you go on different websites, a lot of people will have red flags. Those are going to be the hot oils like oregano, um, which I mentioned on guard kind of falls into that category as well as a hot oil, uh, clary sage and peppermint a little bit further along in your pregnancy when you're getting closer to that time of breastfeeding. Yeah, for sure. I agree with all of that. Clary sage definitely being the big one for sure. Yes. That's the heavy hitter there. So, uh, as far as oils in, the first trimester, one of the main things that mamas struggle with in that first trimester is morning sickness, nausea, upset stomach, all of the joys. Uh, so I really, this pregnancy this time around, I have found that cardamom has been a game changer for my nausea. For morning sickness, it's really, really great to apply right behind your ears first thing in the morning. And that's going to be a great place to apply so that it's right here by your nose. So you're constantly getting that aromatic benefit of the cardamom. Um, but it helped me so much. I applied behind my ears and also on the pulse points on my wrists. And it was a game changer for my nausea. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Second time. So if, for those of you who are in a second pregnancy, uh, the second time around, you're chasing around your first, so you don't really have time, as much time to um, be laying in bed or relaxing. So I was kind of on the go, but I always made sure that I had a bottle of cardamom in my diaper bag because it really did, um, really did save me there. Perfect. And I just want to point out the fact that, like in your first pregnancy, you were using peppermint in the first trimester to combat nausea and kind of like relieve those symptoms. But the amazing thing about essential oils, and I really just want to point this out for those who maybe aren't familiar with using essential oils yet, but there's so much overlap. So if for whatever reason, like maybe you are pregnant, maybe you can't use or you don't want to use peppermint throughout your pregnancy. There's always another option for you that can also be used for nausea, for an example. So there's a lot of overlap with benefits. So if you can't use peppermint for nausea, you absolutely can use cardamom for sure. Yes, 100%. And that is what I've loved about the oils is if there have been times in my pregnancy where, especially with your first pregnancy, uh, if you're just not feeling comfortable, let's say you read an article and it had a list of like 10 oils to avoid while you're pregnant. 
and you remember each of those 10 oils, there are probably 50 more <laughs> other oils that you can look at and choose from to help with your symptoms that are going to be just as effective and might work better with your body, but it'll give you the peace of mind that you need because uh, each of us is different in our comfort level. So if you read something somewhere and that is in your mind, then yes, Meg, 100%. Um, if you don't feel comfortable using the peppermint, cardamom was a really great option to use instead. And I will say um, doTERRA also makes a blend called Digest Zen. That is a blend specifically for digestive upset. And I used Digest Zen quite often in my first pregnancy. And in this pregnancy, I have used it for indigestion, uh, which is another symptom that you can get quite often. They say that if your baby's going to have a lot of hair, you'll get indigestion more, which is weird. Who knows if that's true? But uh, what I do know is that Digest Zen applied right around the diaphragm area and um, along the chest a little bit helped tremendously with some really bad indigestion from this pregnancy. Amazing. That's so good to know. And this is why I have you on with me today because I can talk about, you know, the oils that you can use for this and that. And these are the oils that women use during pregnancy, but you have the firsthand experience. So this is awesome. Thank you. Yes. Well, I'm excited to share. I uh, I know we were talking about kind of going through the different trimesters. Honestly, first trimester for me was mostly digestive okay. stuff. And heading into more of the second trimester, uh, it was, for me, mostly I experienced leg cramping, um, which happens often at night. Um, and it's happened to a few of my friends during pregnancy as well. I get them kind of in my calf area and it happens as your belly's starting to get a little bit larger and you've got a little bit more that you're carrying around. Um, I have found that just applying some lavender straight to my calves before bedtime has helped so much uh, with any type of cramping that I've experienced muscle cramping. Uh, now, obviously, when you're pregnant, you have to be just downing water all day long. So that goes without saying, if you are experiencing any type of uh, muscle cramps in your leg, check in with your water intake first and foremost, because uh, sometimes it can feel hard to keep up when you're pregnant, but you do need to be upping your water significantly. But lavender is going to be helping with those leg cramps, definitely. Perfect. Uh, another part of the second trimester, which is an exciting topic to talk about, but for anyone who struggles with hemorrhoids, uh, that can become a real part of your life starting second trimester all the way through the very end, just as you have more weight that you're carrying um, and especially that weight bearing down on your bowels. Uh, hemorrhoids can be really uncomfortable and they're very common during pregnancy. So if you feel like you're having any trouble with hemorrhoids, one thing that I would recommend is lavender and frankincense. They're both very calming oils and 
from I can say from experience that they work great for hemorrhoids. Um, and I haven't had trouble lasting for longer than a day when using those oils. Uh, so you may be asking, interesting, how do I apply these oils? <laughs> what I do is I just have a, a small spray bottle. And I, I just put my fractionated coconut oil in a little spray bottle. And then I add uh, about five drops of each oil into uh, the spray bottles a bit bigger than like a 10 milliliter bottle would be. Uh, I can't think of an exact size right now, but it's a smaller spray bottle and I do five drops of each and then just spritz away. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. I'm so happy that you brought that up because I'm sure it's a thing that so many of our listeners are dealing with, but they just don't bring it up. Yeah, I was going to say, there's lots of things in pregnancy that happen that like you don't want to just go around being like, hey, so like, did you have hemorrhoids when you were pregnant? Like, it's not really a fun topic or something that you want to admit happens. But I will say, ladies, that that combo uh, is really helpful. Uh, if you are experiencing that. So check it out. You don't have to go around telling anyone if you're embarrassed about it, but know that now you know what to do to help with it. Awesome. Um, Honestly, I would say that two things. One, mood support is really important. Uh, As you're starting to prep going into the third trimester, Really throughout your entire pregnancy, mood support is key. For me, I have found that in times where uh, I am feeling anxious, I will turn to, there's a few different oils. I love citrus oils for anxiety. So wild orange is one of the oils that I use for anxiety. Uh, I also use frankincense quite often for anxiety. I might sound like a broken record because I'm going to keep bringing up a lot of the same oils. And that's because during pregnancy, I tend to go like just more conservative in general. I like to use the oils that I have used before that I'm comfortable with. So frankincense is like one of the tops for me. I love frankincense and it is so grounding. And that is the reason why I use it for my anxiety. So if I feel like I am getting a little bit anxious, I'll start just applying frankincense to the bottoms of my feet uh, before I go to sleep and also when I wake up first thing in the morning. Another oil that I love is balance. And that is an oil that you can use throughout your entire pregnancy, which I have done for my past pregnancy and for my current pregnancy. Balance is one of my favorites for mood support. Awesome. Yeah. Balance is such a gentle blend for sure, but it is amazing for emotional support. And you know, I love frankincense. It's hands down my favorite oil ever. Speaking of frankincense, in the second trimester, your belly is starting to pop out a a bit more. And for those of us who might be concerned about getting stretch marks, frankincense is a great oil uh, just for skin health in general. Uh, But I used frankincense during my entire first pregnancy. I would just lather up my belly at night with frankincense and coconut oil. 
and just rub it directly onto your stomach and any of the areas that you feel you might tend to get stretch marks. So kind of the sides of the legs, maybe your booty a little bit um, on your belly. And I did not get any stretch marks my first pregnancy, and I did that um, on a pretty, pretty regular basis. Of course, there were some nights I just kind of zonked out and <laughs> didn't do it. But, uh, yeah, I didn't get any stretch marks the first pregnancy, and, and I do think a huge part of that was the consistency in applying frankincense and fractionated coconut oil. You can also just add the frankincense into some lotion if there's already some lotion that you use um, that's, I would recommend, unscented. That way, uh, it's something your skin's already used to, and it's a little bit, the fractionated co coconut oil, if you're using quite a bit of it, it can be a little bit greasy. So uh, if you want to do a lotion, you can just apply it to that as well. Yeah, I love just a unscented lotion and adding oils to that. So that's a great idea. And yet, another thing I wouldn't have ever thought about is the growing belly. But of course, frankincense is the best oil for the skin and so effective. Even if people are listening today and they're like, okay, this is a great episode, but I'm not pregnant or I don't have a baby. Any type of like skin issue, skin, I don't really want to say imperfection, but if I say skin imperfection, everyone's going to know what I mean. So anything that you want to correct about your skin, apply some frankincense and it's magic. Like my skin, my face has never been better ever since I started using frankincense. Yes, it's honestly magical. Like I said, guys, I use it for everything. And wait, we haven't even gotten into like babies yet but that's where frankincense gets even crazier i use it all the time <laughs> amazing so we do need to keep going here have we gone through the third trimester yet the biggest thing that i want to tap into on the third trimester which will be really quick is sleep uh third trimester sleep can be hard just in general because your belly is big your doctor's saying, hey, you can't lay on your back if you're a back sleeper like me, which I'm like, oh, my gosh, how do I sleep? Uh, but one thing, pregnancy pillows, life changing. Uh, but the other thing that was life changing, essential oils for sleep. So recently, I, I just found this combo that I'm in love with, uh, two drops of bergamot and two drops of lavender in the diffuser. Man, I was out. So relaxing, so calming. Bergamot's great, again, for mood support as well. Um, but it's good for relaxation and sleep. Uh, I think lavender is kind of one that most people associate with sleep. Uh, but it's a, it's a great oil to turn to. Um, and then... Sleep is so important because you are growing another human being, but people can tell you you need sleep till they're blue in the face, but it's hard. It's hard while you're pregnant to sleep. Uh, it can be a bit uncomfortable. So get out a pregnancy pillow, 
do what you got to do to get comfortable and then use the oils. Uh, I'm going to say it again. We'll say frankincense is another one. Roman chamomile is a great oil. So relaxing. Um, these are all oils that I'd recommend just diffusing. You can apply them to the bottoms of your feet. Uh, sometimes I will do a drop of lavender and a drop of frankincense polluted and rubbed into the bottoms of my feet. And then I throw my socks on before bed and that knocks me out as well. <laughs> so uh, turning to the oils for sleep can be really great. And that can be whether you're pregnant or not. Uh, many people struggle with sleep in general. So those are just a few tips for getting a good night's sleep. Perfect. So one thing that is coming to mind is the opposite of sleep. I know in the first trimester, a lot of women experience super intense fatigue, like fatigue that they've never experienced in their entire life. So did you ever use oils as kind of like a pick-me-up, extra energy, that sort of thing? Yes. Whoa. So the fatigue is so real, you guys, especially in the first trimester, but just being pregnant in general makes you real tired because uh, your body is doing so much. So yes, uh, oils that I like to use to help stay awake, I love citrus oils for that. So a lot of the time I will diffuse wild orange. That's one that I like. I also, which is kind of uh, interesting, depending on if you're a ginger fan, I love ginger. Um, but it's kind of a double, double whammy because ginger is great for digestion, which we already discussed in the first trimester can kind of be a bit off. Um, but ginger as well is one that kind of wakes me up. It has like that zing to it. So if I diffused ginger and lemon together, that helped a lot, uh, just as far as energy and kind of staying awake, uh, that was mostly if I was at home, I would diffuse that one because if I'm going out and like meeting others for play dates or doing other things outside, I didn't necessarily want to be just like smelling like ginger everywhere I went. But wild orange was a great option for while I was out and about. I would keep it in the car and that's one that helped me. Ginger could be another option if someone's wanting another option as far as like um, cardamom goes, like a different mm -hmm. option. You could just simply inhale ginger from the bottle. I've done that before and that's really helped me with my nausea for sure. Yes, it's a great one for nausea and um, like you said, just smelling it out of the bottle. And that was most often with the peppermint, what I did in the first trimester. I just smelt the peppermint out of the bottle mm -hmm. um, just to appease that nauseous feeling. Yeah. And yeah. inhaling an essential oil, I obviously recognize the fact that when you inhale an essential oil, the molecules still do enter your body and like travel to your brain, but that's definitely like a different mechanism than if you were to apply it topically or ingest it, we'll say. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. There's a few different ways that you can be experiencing the oils. 
Uh, for me, I know while I was pregnant, I really focused mostly on aromatic and topical applications just because that was what I was most comfortable with. Um, but for those who are ingesting oils, always I would only trust doTERRA brand essential oils for that for ingesting. For sure. So we've gone through first trimester, second, third, and now let's take everyone through the birthing experience and maybe give us your favorite things about having your essential oils through that birthing period. All right. So let's have this baby. So labor and birth. For, for myself, I was really grateful to have balance. I had brought a big bag of essential oils, which included wild orange, balance, frankincense, lavender. Uh, I had them in my hospital bag and I brought my diffuser. I had everything. Uh, so I was ready to go. I went into labor and we had time to plug in the diffuser. I started diffusing balance. And then uh, what was happening was uh, Conrad, my little guy, he started dropping his oxygen levels. My contractions were just super, super uh, intense. And so uh, the balance kind of helped me stay relaxed. It was a a bit stressful just because I knew the baby was under stress and it was shortly after we started diffusing some balance that I was whisked away for a c-section delivery it was an emergency c-section to make sure that both the baby and I were safe so personally for myself during my actual time of labor and delivery I was only able to really diffuse a little bit of balance and I also used some wild orange to help just with um, feeling a little bit anxious and uncertain, um, especially when you're thinking about your little one is under stress and those types of things. But everything moved really fast with me. So I didn't have as much time as I had initially hoped. I had I had a birth plan written out and I had usage for the oils so that the people in the room would know how to help. And um, yeah, you know what? Sometimes Really, most of the times, things don't go necessarily exactly how you planned, but at the end of it, I have a healthy baby boy, and uh, I am I am here at healthy and happy to tell the tales. So that is kind of my personal experience as far as labor and delivery, but there's lots of great oils, um, both to enhance your labor, like we had talked about Cleary Sage is going to be one that can help enhance your labor. Uh, myrrh is another oil that can help support your contractions if you're having a slower time getting going. Um, so there's lots of great oils for that time. But for me, speaking specifically from experience, those were really the top two oils that I had a chance to even use. <laughs> I'm so happy that you shared the oils that you put into your hospital bag. That will definitely give everyone some ideas for themselves. So thank you for sharing that. So balance, wild orange, frankincense, lavender, 
a lot of the calming oils, right? Now this is a season where the women can begin using clary sage again for sure, but now is the time when you actually are breastfeeding. So I would definitely caution women against using peppermint just because, as you said at the beginning of the show, it does reduce um, milk supply. So we'll want to stay away from that throughout the time of breastfeeding. But now with a newborn, I know this is definitely the transition for so many women where they start actually looking into natural options. Sometimes it actually takes them uh, like to the moment of actually having a child where they're like, okay, now I don't want to use all of these like synthetic and chemical and man-made products anymore. So let's talk about how a new mom can start using essential oils on her newborn. Yes. Well, one thing that I do want to bring up that I started using on Conrad right when it came out was doTERRA specifically has a baby line that they created of products that are safe for babies. They are made and they use essential oils in them. But um, there is a baby lotion, there is the diaper rash cream, and then there's also a baby wash, a little body wash. And I love these products because, of course, I feel safe using them on my child and I will be using them when the new baby comes as well. They're great products and they work amazingly well. Like I said, they include essential oils. So uh, that is one way because sometimes when you go to the store, it can be really overwhelming. choosing one type of product that you want to use on your baby because you're like I don't know is it safe is it I don't know (laughs) because I trusted doTERRA and their essential oils and I saw that they worked I trusted them with the baby line and it's been great for Conrad's skin overall so that would be one thing that I would recommend ordering before baby comes because then you already have your baby wash, you have diaper rash cream, because especially in the beginning, as their skin's getting used to this world of ours, um, even the diaper rash cream has been uh, great for friends of mine whose babies have struggled with eczema. Um, Mm. So I may be getting a little bit ahead of myself into more of kids a little bit older, but I just wanted to make sure that I mentioned that because it has been something that I've used regularly. Um, so going back to just having the baby, just looking at essential oils, uh, a few essential oils that were key, especially in the beginning, uh, were the calming oils, um, both for myself and for the baby. Uh, postpartum is just, it's a, a, healing, a time for healing. It's a time for rest. As your body has just gone through a lot. And for me, I did struggle a bit with postpartum depression. So a blend that helped me support my mood during the postpartum time was bergamot and frankincense. 
I combine these two oils into a 10 milliliter roller bottle. And I started applying that regularly during that time to help support my mood. Um, I also, in our room, uh, as people were coming and wanting to visit and meet the baby, I kept frankincense diffusing in the room uh, as much as I could. It wasn't just like a constant thing, but I would put some frankincense on if I knew people were coming over. Uh, one, just to help with that grounding kind of relaxation, both for the baby and for myself. Um, but also it's really great at supporting the immune system. And of course, when you've got a new little one, you just, you want to keep them safe and healthy. And frankincense was my go-to because it's a, it's a very calm oil to use for immune support. Um, so frankincense, lavender for sleep quite often, um, I would use for Conrad. And really all you need is just one drop in the diffuser, especially when they're so little. Um, and the door stays open just to have that ventilation. Their little lungs and everything are still developing, so you don't need something that's really strong or overpowering. So I always stuck with the calmest oils that I can find. Roman chamomile would be another great one for relaxation, both for mama and baby. Um, but like I said, one drop in the diffuser was plenty. We would keep the door open and it really helped um, both of us get sleep when we weren't up nursing. Uh, so I know, Meg, you mentioned, again, just bringing up peppermint with nursing. A lot of people have questions about breastfeeding and using essential oils. So I did want to make sure to tap into, okay, if peppermint is going to decrease my milk supply with which some people um, get really engorged and they need to decrease their milk supply a little bit. So those are the very few people that could use a little bit of peppermint to help regulate their milk. Now on the flip side, you may be someone who struggles to produce milk, in which case fennel. Both my sister and I um, used fennel to help with production. And a lot of the time it's, okay, so I use fennel, but how do I apply? Because uh, most of the time you want to apply to the area that you're looking to focus or concentrate on. Uh, but you have a baby coming up to your breast to, to nurse and you don't want the oil right at the baby's face, right? Uh, because you're being very sensitive. They're so little. So what I would do is right after Conrad was done nursing, that was when I would apply the fennel because I knew that it would be about an hour, hour and a half before he needed to nurse again. So it would give me some time and uh, in between feedings to where I could use the oil but still feel safe about putting his face up right next to it to where it wouldn't be too strong. And I would apply it just right to uh, the side of the breast area is where you would want to apply it. I would not apply it directly on the nipple because then your baby's going to taste it and you can have some, they could be like, no, no, that's not what the milk tastes like. And you might have some trouble. So keep the fennel more closer to like along your armpit area. And if you do feel like it is still smelling a little bit stronger, all you have to do is take a little bit of a carrier oil, like a coconut oil, fractionated coconut oil, and just dilute it. Just dilute it a little bit over your skin and you're good to go. 
So I wanted to be sure to mention that if you're having trouble with milk supply, fennel is going to be a great one to use. And for one more thing I do want to mention in breastfeeding that was an experience of mine is starting to get mastitis. Uh, Mastitis is an infection clogged milk ducts. And it is no fun, you guys. <laughs> it's very painful. It is not fun. Um, so for mastitis, the combination of lavender and melaleuca saved me from getting down and out. Uh, you can get pretty sick from mastitis. You can get fevers and those sorts of things. So uh, I was really worked to prevent that in using my oils. So I would apply diluted lavender and melaleuca to the same area that you would apply fennel if you wanted to produce more milk. Dilute that and rub it on or rub it if you can see physically sometimes you will get red splotches in the area where you have the clogged milk duct and you could apply it directly to that area. Again just after breastfeeding um, just so that you're not putting your baby right on (laughs) the oil right after you apply it. Uh, And the other thing that saved me after applying that was hot compresses and massaging. And I did not have to take any antibiotics or I didn't get to the point of fever. The Mm -hmm. ducts always unclogged just from using that combination. So that's a winning combo for any mamas that have dealt with mastitis. Amazing. I am so happy you shared that with us. Incredible. So we focused on some things that moms can do when they run into some things when they are breastfeeding and postpartum. But what about applying essential oils to a newborn? I loved that you shared like one drop for diffusing in an open room because we don't need to not diffuse. Like we don't have to completely shut our diffusers off and wait until our child is like, two years old, you absolutely can diffuse around a newborn. But like you said, like open the door to their nursery and um, just diffuse one drop, that sort of thing. But what about applying essential oils to newborns or even young children like toddlers? Yes. So the biggest thing is dilution. If you're going to be applying, um, you can apply to newborns, babies, but you need to make sure that you're diluting the oils. So kind of a rule of thumb, a general thing that I went by is for diluting, it's about one drop per teaspoon is general for children. That's a general outline, one teaspoon of a carrier oil to one drop of essential oil. So with babies, it's definitely amped up a bit and you're going to look more at a tablespoon of carrier oil per one drop of essential oil. Now for myself uh, and having been my first pregnancy, my first time, um, I really stuck with diffusing for that first month. Uh, I would diffuse and leave the door open and I really didn't start applying the oils uh, 
regularly, I will say, until Conrad was probably about three months old. That was when I would use it, you know, okay, he has a tummy ache, let's put it on his tummy. Um, now that's different for each and every mom because there's lots of decisions that we make as mamas, especially when it comes to our babies on their health care. It is safe to use the essential oils on newborns. Uh, but like I said, being a new mom, I had an emergency C-section delivery and so recovery was a bit longer for me. So I was just, the diffuser was the easiest thing for me at that point. But mama, you can use the essential oils diluted on your newbies. That's perfectly safe. Um, I would recommend, I feel like a roller bottle is the easiest way to apply to your little ones. And again, uh, for a 10 milliliter roller bottle, for goodness, probably up until Conrad was almost a year, all I did was one drop of oil and I filled the rest of that 10 milliliter bottle up with fractionated coconut oil. So that's only one drop and the rest is fractionated coconut oil and just shake it up. And I'd have my bottles ready to go. The ones that I used the most that I would roll on his feet or along his spine. Uh, because when applying to babies or children in general, application to the bottom of the feet or the spine is best to avoid contact with the eyes, especially with babies uh, and really toddlers in general. Their hands are everywhere and you don't want the oil making any contact with their sensitive little eyes. So along the spine and the bottom of the feet and then covered with some socks is a great place to apply. Uh, so the roller bottles that I would keep on hand um, really from the point that he was about three months old up until today, I still have some of these just ready to go um, are lavender for calmer, for sleep. Uh, I use frankincense for immune support. That was the, the one that I used for immune support when he was little, little, because it was so calming. Uh, now I use what's part of our children's or our kids line, and it's called Stronger for immune support. And that's already pre-diluted, comes in a roller bottle, which is amazing. Um, but just having the oils kind of ready to go um, in those roller bottles is very time-saving. And you're not going through them like so fast. You can, you'll have them ready to go, you know, for a few weeks, depending on how often you're using them. But those are the main things as far as applying the oils onto kids, where to apply them. Always make sure you dilute the oils with children. Um, and my recommendation would be just to stay away from the hot oils, especially with babies. Um, for me, I waited to use the hot oils until after Conrad was about a year. And, and then I felt comfortable, you know, using them around him. So that's kind of my personal story. But like I said, there is safety in, in applying them to your newborn. You're just going to be sticking to the, the simple, calm oils, and you're going to be sure to dilute them. And they worked great. Um, Conrad struggled a bit in the beginning with constipation, just to give you an example. And we diluted some digestin, and I would rub it into his abdomen in a clock, 
clockwise motion. Um, and it helped him tremendously with just going to the bathroom. I know tummy trouble is something that a lot of newborns go through, whether it's gas or colic. Um, so these oils are really amazing to have on hand during that time when you're trying to figure out all of these new things for your babe. Yeah, thank you so much. So one last thing I want you to touch on before we wrap this awesome episode up is teething because I think that's like the one last thing that we have actually not touched on yet. And that is one of the most common things moms come to me for. And actually, one of the reasons why so many moms actually get started using essential oils in the first place is they come to me and they're like, oh my gosh, I, you know, my baby's teething and I don't want to give them anything from the pharmacy or whatever. So then we help them out with oils. So what have you found to be super effective? Yes, teething is a big one. I feel you. I can see why so many people come and turn to essential oils because of teething, because you just feel helpless. You just feel helpless. Your little one is in pain and you want to help them. And there's so many different options. Again, when you're going to the store, there's gels, there's all kinds of crazy things. Um, but for me, the thing that I found worked the most was I diluted Copaiba, which is amazing for pain. Just in general, for anyone who suffers from pain, uh, Copaiba, please look into it. It's an amazing oil for pain. Um, but I would dilute Copaiba and frankincense. I put it in a roller bottle diluted. And what I would do is I would roll it along the back of Conrad's neck um, because I noticed he, when he's teething really bad, they have a hard time centralizing pain. And so he would take his hands and he would scratch the back of his neck because of the pain at the back of his mouth. They couldn't quite figure out where that pain was coming from. So I would put it along the back of his neck. And then I would also take the roller bottle and apply just along the jawline um, and just roll it right under the jawline. Uh, and that was honestly, it helped so much with the pain that he was experiencing. Um, that combo, the frankincense and copaiba, I also found if nighttime was when it would get the worst, diffusing that combo is also a great way. Um, so whenever I recommend a blend, yes, applying directly to where they're gonna feel pain, like along the jawline is a great solution. Um, but, Diffusing is great as well for those of you who your baby might be a little bit younger and you're like, I don't know about applying the oils and that close to their face. You know, if you have some hesitations, go ahead and diffuse those two oils together um, as the aromatic benefits are also going to be beneficial. It's just not going to be concentrated in that one area where they're experiencing the pain. So you can kind of play with it and see what works best uh, what works best for you. I have spoken to quite a few moms who uh, will apply oil directly to their child's gums. Um, some oil blends, uh, I have a 
I have a pregnancy book that I'll give you the title of at the end that I would recommend for mamas to have on hand. But in the pregnancy book that I have on hand for essential oils, um, they recommend white fur to apply that directly to the gums of the baby. Uh, now, for me, I was a bit hesitant because um, I don't know that the baby would necessarily how they would do with the taste of white fur mm-hmm. <laughs> in their mouth. Um, but there have been people that I've spoken with that have said it did bring uh, tremendous relief. So it really depends on you knowing your baby, you knowing your child, you knowing your comfort level, all of those things. Um, again, you would obviously dilute that and apply it directly to the gums. Clove is another one that diluted in a tablespoon of fractionated coconut oil can be applied onto the gums. Um, but for myself, I just, I knew my little guy and I didn't, I knew that probably having the taste in his mouth, he would not appreciate. So I did kind of a step away from the mouth and I applied along the jawline, but it gave him great relief. So just know that you don't have to be if one person does it one way, that doesn't, that's not the only way that you can handle teething. There are a million different ways that you can approach it. It's a comfort level with, and you knowing your child, but I will say from my experience, frankincense and copaiba, great anti-inflammatory, great pain management um, for your little one. And I diffused cedar wood at night on those nights when we had rough times with teething. Cedar wood is super calming and we are almost there. We're just getting in our two-year molars. When I say our, it's because I feel like I'm going through the experience too. I already have my molars. I have had them for a long time, but I feel like I'm in the process right now as well. So I'm getting towards the finish line of teething, but we're still... Still in it. Still in it. But such great tips. And for those who aren't familiar with Copaiba, so many adults have tremendous success using Copaiba and frankincense for pain. So it is very effective for little ones, but a very, very gentle oil. It's so subtle. So that would, I'm happy you brought it up. And I knew that's what you used for Conrad, but such a great oil for moms to use and kind of have on hand. So unfortunately, it's time to wrap up the episode. I could keep chatting with you forever, as you know. So let's give our listeners the title to that book you just mentioned. Yes. So the book that I was referring to is called Essential Oils for Pregnancy, Birth, and Babies. And it's written by Stephanie Fritz, who goes by The Essential Midwife. Uh, She's a midwife who wrote this book. And it's been a great reference guide as, again, it goes all the way from the beginning first trimester, um, even before first trimester, if you're looking to conceive. Um, uh, she has some great tips on fertility, nutrition, and then it goes all the way through well baby and postpartum everyday routines. 
Um, so it's very all-inclusive. It's been a great reference guide for me. Perfect. So, Amber, this has nothing to do with babies or essential oils, but I am going to ask you because I ask everyone this when they come on my show, but what does it mean to you to be unbreakable? Me being unbreakable is living a life above the influence of fear that we can step out in freedom and that we can truly live our lives as our authentic selves. Because I believe that each of us was created with intricate design and that each of us are so beautiful and we have a light to share with the world if we can just get back to the root of who we truly are. And I think when we step out into the world as that light, that's when we're unbreakable. Wow. I feel like I want to write that entire spiel down. That was really beautiful. So thank you. And I didn't mean that like that question had nothing to do with babies and essential oils because I just do want to be clear about what this podcast actually is all about, right? My focus here is to have guests or talk about topics that help my listeners be more unbreakable versions of themselves. And I feel like when we are educating women on how to take care of themselves, their newborns, their children, and their families using nature's medicine and tools, that is offering them an opportunity to be more unbreakable. So this topic was so fitting and you were the perfect person to educate us. Like this was amazing. Thank you so much, sweetheart. Thank you for having me, Meg. It is an honor. I love your podcast and I love how you're empowering women and to be a small part of that today was, like I said, just an honor and a blessing. So thank you so much for inviting me to be here today. And to all of you mamas out there, know that you're doing a great job. Keep it up. Uh, I know that motherhood, motherhood is quite a journey, but you are not alone. And keep listening to Meg, teaching us all how to be unbreakable. Well, where can people find you? Because I really want to make sure that we connect people to you because you're on social media educating moms on how to use oils for motherhood, pregnancy, and all of those things. Yes. So really my primary place that I am putting up education right now is on Instagram. And you can find me at Her Inner Light. That is me, at Her Inner Light, Amber Jackson. Perfect. I will link everything up in this show notes. Great. 